Welcome back, Bucket Busters. I'm your host, Tim Johnson, and this is the Busted Bucket Podcast, locally grown here in Portland, Oregon, the City of Roses, City of Bridges, Stumptown, PDX. This is a show dedicated to Rip City and everyone who loves Portland basketball. Joining me are my co-hosts, Eric, the Encyclopedia Foster. Seattle, oh baby, I don't love it. And the Bay Area Blazer, Ro Zapanta. Look good, feel good, pod good, let's get it. Here we go. I almost said let's get it, but let's just do it, man. <laughs> I think we got to hey. put some context to what Eric is saying there. That's that's a lot of shade to Seattle there. That's true. That's true. We don't want another Travis Demer situation going on here. <laughs> Eric, where you at right now? I work up here. Man, I am up in Seattle, and I am working my last day tomorrow. I have to come up here once or twice a month for a week and work. And I don't like Seattle, man. I was in a tunnel for three miles <laughs> driving today, like a tunnel. I had to go somewhere for work, and they legitimately have, like, little paintings on the wall. Have you been up here and seen this stuff? They have, like, uh, no. not for, a, there's three, not there's for years, people man. People running different there's stick figures and I'm not kidding. This tunnel was 2.7 miles long. And I'm like, damn, man, please don't <laughs> oh, let dang. there be a natural disaster on this. <laughs> and then I'm like, but wait, they tell you there's 300 feet. They have emergency exits with arrows and lights and everything. I mean, I felt like I was in that, uh, I felt like I was in that one scene from iRobot where oh. Will Smith is driving <laughs> his car. Right. That's what it felt like, man. But then that's, I'm like, that's gotta be a phobia, right? Like fear of tunnels. I'm like, dang, dude, this and it, it wouldn't end. I was feeling my anxiety rise. I wanted to pop a Zan, but I was, but <laughs> couldn't do that. And to but, top it off, and then the power went without out. Power, yeah, power oh. went out. He's calling from his car yeah, right shout now. Out, shout out to the guy who let me use his house. It's a coworker, so I don't have to pay for a hotel while I'm up here. So I'm not gonna look a gift house in the mouth. But oh, gotcha, for yeah. some reason. Yeah, this this neighborhood uh, is without power during this rainstorm, so I'm gonna have I was to gonna uh, say, lodge. I'm lodging a complaint with management. <laughs> I was gonna say either that or he forgot to pay his electrical bill. No, I'm outside. <laughs> Everybody else powers out too. There we go. Anywho, thank you for taking the time to freeze your butt off in your car and call in to the show. Oh, I turned Guys, it on. I got the seat warmers on, baby. <laughs> Guys, we had some we had some pretty tough games to watch recently. Amen. Uh, the Blazers and Spurs, Blazers and Celtics, Blazers and Clippers. They were well. The first two were extremely tough to watch. Then you saw a little bit of fight from the Clips or from the Blazers during the the Clips game. And then tonight we just watched the Blazers and the Warriors. Now we do have other news to talk game. about. What's that? the last two have been competitive games Absolutely. you've gotten some contributions yeah you've gotten some contributions from guys that you can you can feel good about i mean it's never yeah. good to lose but you i mean though that boston game that san antonio game oh no yeah there I was mean, nothing to absolutely. feel good about I, but nerd i agree with you i was actually gonna start off with the the spurs game like you know there there isn't a whole lot to talk about from that game yeah, and next. i'm sure I'm sure, you know, <laughs> the, the three of us probably don't even recall 
much of what happened in that game other than the fact that the Blazers just came out completely flat, disinterested. It just wasn't a good game from from our home team. Um, but they ended up losing that 83 to 114. And then to top it off, the next game against the Celtics. Blazers got smacked in the mouth. Yeah, waxed. Embarrassed. Just kicked off their own floor. Losing 117 to 145. Ouch, fellas. That was tough. You know what you know what the hardest part in watching that game was for me? Was it watching uh, Cantor? Having to watch Thor. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Was it, it was having actually... to watch the Blazers oh, oh, sorry. for 48 minutes? <laughs> it, no, it was actually the end of the game. Even though I love this kid, loved him for Oregon, but Peyton Pritchard oh, going off. Pritchard. Just, man, they were force-feeding him the rock at the end there. And it... It, it was just like they were laughing at us, man. Right. And they that was laughing, that was, was tough to watch. Okay. But he was throwing up brick after brick. Yeah. I mean, he made some. He made he made quite a few. I mean, he ended he up with 19 two the, points. Two at the end. I know. I, he made two at the I'm end. I'm just but saying. He took, he took six. But, I mean, do what you do, KP. That's okay. That's okay. Yeah. I mean, it's hard not to root for the guy. But at the same time, that was tough to watch. Especially oh, no, when you're losing about, 117 to 145. They got they got to play one more game when Dame's gonna play. Oh, absolutely. Dame's not letting that fly. Did yeah. you see? Did you guys see him come off the bench? At the yeah, end there? I did. He was trying to get his his players to play better. I tell you what. <laughs> I hope it wasn't I even it wasn't this. even that he was trying to get his guys to play better. It was a pride issue, man. Like if there's absolutely. if there's one thing that's gonna get under Dame's skin. It's going to be playing without any pride. And I don't know if you guys caught that or not, but that was the one, that was kind of the one takeaway that I got from that game. Now, unless you guys have something else to say about that game, I kind of want to blaze through it and head over to the clips. I'm going to correct myself real quick. I'm sorry, Enos Freedom. It is Enos Freedom. I did not pronounce your last name correctly. I need need someone to, to, to set me straight here. Is it Enos or is it Ennis? I don't know. I've always said it's Ennis. It's Ennis. Because I've always it's, said Ennis. It's Ennis. My bad. It's Ennis. But I'm gonna but correct right myself now, again. As much Ennis as I love freedom. <laughs> as much as I love Cantor, I got a little bit of beef with him. I'm sorry. Cantor Freedom. Whatever. Number eleven for the Celtics. <clears throat> there we go. There we go. He went at my guy, Jeremy Lin. And he might he might have crossed the line with me. Uh, do tell, I actually did not see that. He went at Jeremy Lin because Jeremy Lin was kind of tiptoeing because you know Jeremy Lin plays in China, mm-hmm. uh, and but he's he's a Taiwanese American and he didn't hit the right marks apparently for Cantor, Freedom, Ennis, number eleven, Boston Celtic, Turkish guy, and. He went on Twitter and was calling him out about genocide and all kinds of stuff. And yeah, I saw that. Uh, like, come on, bro. Like, I, we get it, but guess what? There's still a Nike. There's a Nike logo on your uniform. Like, you're not covering up stuff. Like, I get, I get the humanitarian effort, but like, uh, there's a measure of hypocrisy when you're getting paid millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars. 
right. you're being sponsored by billion dollar corporations and companies and you're wearing their products so yeah maybe so you what just you're need to saying change your is, so what you're saying is you're not a big fan of ns freedom no i like the ns canter way better got you <laughs> all right i'm jumping ahead let's go yeah blazers please. clippers let's, let's move ahead to blazers clippers for the for the first game out of out of this series here the blazers show some fight they finally play with some pride some energy they did not look flat whatsoever especially yusuf nurkic with 31 points now injuries to talk about cj mccullum and I'm there's sure a lot to talk about with cj right now but he's got a, a pneumothorax it's it's essentially a collapsed lung right um or collapse long that's that's a tough one ro yes, you're sir. on the clinical side of of healthcare. tell us tell us a little bit about this if you can and sure. how long do you think he's going to be out you know he's he's not going to be out as long as most layman people would think it's what are you trying to say i'm saying that he actually <laughs> could come back in about a week or two and be perfectly fine. Um, in contact sports, you know, these things can heal just fine. And basically, when nurses see like a pneumothorax, they think like the worst, you know, you got to get a chest tube, all this stuff. What CJ has just needs some time to heal, some rest, and he'll be just fine. Right. On. Thank you, well, doctor. I mean, that's good. That's good You're because... Welcome. <laughs> That's good because the Blazers actually, after this Warriors game, um, they don't play until Sunday against right. the Timberwolves. So he's got some time to rest. Yeah. Do you do you foresee him coming back for that game or maybe a little longer? You know, I don't know. I don't know the extent of his injury. I, I do know that yeah. they they didn't catch the pneumothorax until this game. They actually thought it was a rib injury. And then, yeah. like, something just didn't feel yeah. right to C.J. McCollum, so they took him to the back. They did an emergent MRI and then found mm -hmm. the pneumothorax. So That's crazy. I don't, I don't know if that delayed his treatment at all or if he was doing other things to exacerbate, exacerbate the, you know, the mm -hmm. pneumothorax. Anyway, mm -hmm. who knows? Who knows? But it should be about a week or two. Yeah. Now, other guys that are out, Simons, we know um, he, he's, he's got a messed up ankle. Nasir Little had a messed up ankle. Yeah. Yeah. Damian Lillard still out with the abdominal injury. Now coming back coming back on Sunday though. He is coming back on right. Sunday. Um the the good thing about like I said earlier, the good thing about that Blazers Clippers game is that you actually saw some fight. And that's what Chauncey was wanting. And I think that's why maybe why he was calling his guys out to the media. Maybe that was part oh, of his plan. Guys. Who knows? But a guy in particular well true but you know <laughs> nurk comes out playing inspired basketball ends up with 31 points powell had 29 points dennis smith jr with 13 six and seven thank god we signed him for that last roster spot is all i'm saying yeah he looks he's looking nice in that spot <laughs> in that backup point guard yeah. absolutely yeah i mean that's that's a luxury that not every team has um Unless you guys, again, I'm blazing through these. Unless you guys 
have anything else Move you want to talk about with that game, I'm moving on to the game tonight. Let's do it, man. We can pass that. Let's we can pass this game too and get straight to the catfish and the frogger, baby. <laughs> All right. I I feel like we have an obligation to somewhat cover these games just a little bit. Uh, look, the Blazers lost to the Warriors tonight, ninety-four to one hundred four. Right. Um, it was actually a lot closer of a game than I had expected. Uh, leading up to the game, uh, especially because you have Zeller, Lillard. Simons and McCollum out. That's, I mean, that that's tough, man. When you got four guys and three of those guys who play some, well, really all four of them play some quality minutes for the squad. Uh, it, it's tough to stay competitive, and I was impressed by what the Blazers did against the Warriors. Eric, what did you think of this game? I know you lost power somewhere around maybe midway through the third quarter, but what did what did you see up until that point? Right at the end of the third, I, I got to the end of the third quarter. Um, the I mean, I mean, obviously, I can say the biggest takeaway is Nasir Little looked really, really good, and he played really well against a well-oiled defense in Golden State. So mm-hmm. that's a promising sign. Um, Norm was able to bust loose. He wasn't able to shoot very well, and I think that he only – I never saw him hit a three, so he must have hit a three in the fourth quarter that I missed. Um, but – he's playing well unfortunately he doesn't look like the same norm and not like with his play but because his nose is like in a different spot than it used to be <laughs> so he actually doesn't look like the same norm but he he literally does not look like norman look like yeah but and he's got a nice little shiner too he did play but, like but him. portland was yeah portland was playing portland played well you know and you can make an argument that that game goes a different direction if they have one of their big two guys back, if CJ's playing or Dame's playing um, at, you know, 75 to 90%, you know, even if they're still hurt, they play, maybe that game has a different outcome. Um, I thought they did a really good job on Steph. I mean, I know that he's still busted loose a little bit, but they made an effort to do something that not a lot of teams can do. And that is just kind of force him into uncomfortable shots. And we know that that guy doesn't have any type of shot that he would ever consider uncomfortable for him so kudos to the blazers for their defense too um i i did not like nurk not being as aggressive as he was against um the clippers i know a lot of that had to do with foul trouble though he couldn't you know mm-hmm. it's his achilles heel and i hate to even say that because that's something that probably is going to rupture at some point for a player yeah, this season i know but it's just an it's an issue for him so he can't stay out of foul trouble so he can't replicate a 31 point game but he still ended up with a pretty solid game double double six yeah, assists 12 and 13 yeah yeah you know he had, a, he had a solid game um promising you know you get some guys back and when we talk about what's going to probably end up happening here in the next couple of weeks you know it's a it's a good stepping stone and like we were talking about earlier you don't like to talk about losses as good and in portland especially we don't really hang our hats on any type of moral victory but this is this is okay i mean yeah it's i mean it's okay i mean here's the thing man one give me more nas two right he just proved that he could do something as a starter and three this guy ended up with 18 points in 25 minutes. Yeah, and he 18 points and six rebounds. Yeah, and he was shooting like around 60% from the field, 
and 50% from three. So he's efficient <laughs> as well. And um, I think Little pretty much proved to, you know, Rip City and also hopefully Chauncey that maybe we should be starting him in the starting lineup. Like, maybe we should look, be starting man, this guy. Look, I, you know what? I know we were going to talk a little bit more about this game. Look, Blazers lost. I, I, I kind of want to shift gears here. Sure. Um, it's time. I Okay. I want I want to be real with our feelings right now, guys. Um, surrounding the team. Personally, I feel it is time, past time, to end the three-guard lineup. Please, for the love of everything that is good, put Nasir in there at the starting three position. Agreed. Ro, I started with Eric last time. Ro, I want your thoughts on this team right now. And it's been tough to watch the team struggle the way they have. Right. Are we at the spot where we absolutely need a trade? Blow it up. What are your thoughts here? Because there's a lot of rumblings out there. Yeah, so, I mean, we, we all know we're going to get into this later. You know, Neil, Neil Olshay is fired. And there's just a lot of rumblings about what the next steps are. What does this mean for Dame? What does this mean for CJ? What does this mean for the Portland Trailblazers? And what I could say is that the Blazers just need to do whatever is best for the team. Like, now that the ties are gone, right? McGowan's gone. Olshay is gone. Just do whatever's best for basketball. And I like what you said there, Tim, where we've seen this three-guard lineup for, I think it's been enough. We've seen yeah. that we need something else. And so why not put Little at the three? Why not have either Powell or CJ come off the bench? Just do something to shake things up to give these Blazers and Blazer fans some hope that there actually is a future here. So the state of the Blazers, I would say, is, you know, it sucks to be speaking after a four-game loss like this. But I think that there are still signs of hope. And... That's kind of what we have to hold on to. It's hard to make any definitive decisions without knowing who the next GM is, which players are being shipped out. But I do know that we still have some solid players in some pretty good positions. Eric, do you think that there's still hope? Uh, not to steal your words from you, Ro, right, but right. Eric, do you think there's still hope for this team if Dame and CJ stay together? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, hmm, there's always a puncher shot with a with a group like that because those guys could eventually get it going and make it happen. Um, but I wanted to touch back. I, I here's the problem with the thinking that Little's got to be in the lineup, and I I don't actually disagree. But in order to maximize who you're going to get um, in the eventual trade market, you actually can't start him because you need to showcase the guys who you have in those positions so that somebody takes them so you can put them there. One of those guys might be Nasir Little. I think in a lot of trades, you got to throw in Little. So it actually would, would potentially help. I think, I, think, I think the return on shipping off Nas with, you know, say CJ or something, I think the return has to be worth it because Nas is a guy that you can see the potential. You right. can see what you're getting or 
you know, could be getting from him in the very near future. And I think that's going to be tough to let go of. Uh, granted, I'm not a GM, never have been, never will be. But I think Here's... that's going to be a tough pill to swallow, depending on what you get back. Like, if I'm shipping off CJ and Nas for Ben Simmons, I'd have to seriously consider... I mean, I'd, I'd have to sit down and think about that for a long time. You're going to have to probably get rid of one of those. I, I don't want to say get rid of because that sounds like they're discarding and both of them are very valuable pieces. But if you end up trading CJ McCollum, you're either giving up little Simons or draft picks or a combination of all of those. the three yeah. together. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, I mean, if I'm, and I'm not a GM either, but the way that I would look at it is that you got a guy that's making 30, 35, $38 million a year, whatever. Okay, you need to see how that guy plays because that's the guy that's going to make the biggest difference. Little's making $4 million a year. You can see an upside, but you don't need to showcase him because there's he has multiple benefits. He's young. He hasn't reached the ceiling yet. His mm -hmm. contract cheap. is cheap. You know, so you don't well, have to put him in a starting lineup and showcase him. You do have to do that with CJ because somebody's got to go like, hey, if I'm paying this guy $35 million, he better give me 25 a night. Well, this is my right. thing. The reason why I think you need to showcase Nas is that I don't think the trade value for CJ is very high. I don't think there's a lot of GMs out there that think that a CJ for Ben Simmons swap is actually equal. Or a CJ for, I'm trying to think of who else might be out there. I mean, Karis LeVert or Miles Turner, Porzingis. Like, you'd have to do some convincing and you'd have to throw in someone you can't, like you can't. Nas. You're, here's the deal, though. R realistically, if you're talking about that San Antonio trade, or I'm sorry, that uh, Indiana trade, Indiana, yeah, and yeah, yeah, and you want to get Lavert and Turner and or Sabonis, I don't think that would. They happen don't anyway. want CJ anyway. Well, they don't Too want him old. anyway because they're rebuilding. They're right, rebuilding. Right. They want young guys. They want picks. They mm -hmm. want. So you want to if you want to get right. those guys. Now we shift. Now we're not even trading CJ. Now you're putting together Nurkic. Uh, you're putting Nurkic in a package together. You're putting Covington in a package together. You're putting both probably your young guys. You're, you're giving up Simons and Little and draft picks to make that happen. And then you're in win now mode. And then your window shrinks uh, considerably because you have no young guys right. uh, to build your to build. But I was just giving an example of like, what is CJ's worth really? You know what I mean? We. As Blazer fans, we put them at a pretty high pedestal, but I don't know if other fan bases or other see, GMs see his value being that high. CJ is I a baller, a man, point. and I, I think that I think it's easy to overlook him, and you wouldn't overlook him if he was playing with Russell Westbrook. You wouldn't right. overlook him if he was playing with somebody who he was getting more exposure than. But because he's, I mean, he's played behind Dame literally behind dame he came in a year after dame he didn't start right away you know he's always been a few notches below on the on the just in the pecking order not necessarily the actual right. talent order so it's easy to overlook him but i mean i think the last time i looked he's one of five players in the nba to average 22 a game for the last six seasons or something like that i mean i it was a crazy number where you could see that there was a level of consistency there are teams that need a guy who can go out and get you a bucket. And 
there are guys who are a lot smarter than me that can say CJ is the guy. I think a lot of the time we listen to what's going on on Twitter and we listen to a bunch of morons from different fan bases who we think other people also listen to. But I guarantee you that the Kevin Pritchards, that the uh, Eric Spolstras, those guys could give two flying you-know-whats what a bunch of randos like we are, are <laughs> right staying on twitter they're they're gonna go you know they're that's how a guy like russell westbrook continues to find a team in this league you know and i hate to say it but the guy's averaging 22 8 and 8 i mean he's consistent like i don't like russell westbrook but people who know basketball say this guy can still produce now do i love the watching the lakers lose yes very much so but <laughs> my point is there are guys who are a lot smarter than we are that say, yeah, somebody like CJ McCollum can still play basketball. Um, that's why he's getting. But so I'm, I'm going to say that a lot of people also see, you know, Russell Westbrook. He had a chance to prove himself. Like he's had a team to himself where he put up these large stats, these large numbers. CJ hasn't had that chance. And today, as of today, his, his 30 years old, right? He's a 30 year old, player who is making 30 35 38 million a year who hasn't proven that he could do it on his own so well here's the other what's thing. the value really that's why i'm too. a little scared here well think about it this way what if you have to give him up what if you have to trade cj um and you don't get equal value in return right what if you don't get ben simmons what if you don't get one of those guys from indiana what if you right. don't get porzingis what if you get a bunch of role players I would say. I mean, that's. I mean, you, Eric. You still I think have we've to seen do that, that trade. We've seen that the past nine seasons already, though. You you still have to do that trade. You still have to make that trade. You're. I think Eric's right. So here's you the still thing. have to make that trade because here's you need Norman for, Powell. You need Norman Powell at the yeah, two. You, you need to see a little at the three. You mm-hmm. need to figure out what you're going to do with the four, and you need to figure out what you're going to do with the five. Now, you can you can do that by trading C.J. McCollum for five guys that are going to average or four guys that are going to be plug and play guys that give you something because it's addition by subtraction. Sure. You know, you're taking away a liability on defense. You're taking away 19 shots a game that you're able to give to little. You're able to give to Simons. You're able to give to Powell. You're maybe you're able to give to Nurk and you, I'm not convinced that I'm not convinced that if you can't get, an all-star caliber player in return that you don't still trade CJ McCollum. I like that. Actually. So here's, here's what I've been thinking about recently. And the whole reason, by the way, that we're talking about CJ getting traded so much is, um, well, mainly because Jason quick put out an, an article recently, um, regarding a conversation he had with CJ. Um, it seems like, at least a quick that CJ was saying goodbye. Um, what I think may happen and, and it, it could, it could not, but we're looking for a new GM. If I'm a new GM coming into a team who's struggling, but still has an all-star borderline two all-stars on the team, I'm thinking, how do I, turn this team around I could stick with what they've got and try to add pieces like they've done for 9-10 seasons 
well, yeah, they, they've, they've, I'm just saying they've gone that route. Yeah, right. For nine, ten seasons, and f- let's be honest, have failed for nine and ten seasons. Or I ship everybody off, have a fire sale, and start fresh with who I want. Not, you won't get that. Not who Olshay brought in, but trade CJ f- and package him with whoever for. You know, some young guys, some picks. And I hate to say it, guys, because it's the last thing I ever want to happen. But it's possible that when we get a new GM, Dame gets shipped out if they decide to have a fire sale. I would say that that is probably the least likely scenario. And again, if you talk about taking, so you have a roster of 15 guys. And if you say you're going to trade or move 11 of them, the dice that you're, you have better odds of getting struck by lightning than having a quick rebuild in a situation like that. I didn't say it would be a quick rebuild. I'm just saying but if as, a, as a new GM, I'm just saying as a new GM, I would want a fresh start going into a team that has struggled for so long. And I, I say struggle. I just mean See, making a- it out of the first round. Right. But and see, I think that that is a, I think that's an also a, a, an interesting view of things because there are teams, and this is, I don't want to sound like the parent that says that we're ungrateful. You know, you're ungrateful for, you know, the fact that you, <laughs> but you're talking about a team that makes the playoffs every year. You're talking about yep. a team that's got a yep. puncher shot. You're talking about, so you, 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 you think Minnesota wouldn't kill to be in this position or Sacramento wouldn't sure. kill to be in our position? There are teams that are like, man, I would love to be Portland. So I, to temper those expectations a little bit, I would remind people that they're, Portland is still, while we would consider them mediocre or substandard, they're still a top half team in the league. And that is worth something. And as long as you have that, and Portland right now is, what, what, uh, I think they're 11 and 14. Is that right? Uh, that sounds about right. Football fans, I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game. But with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point is scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Okay. So we're a quarter of, we're a little more than a quarter of the way through the season. Dame's missed a huge chunk of time. CJ's missed a huge chunk of time. Norm's missed a huge chunk of time. And Portland's still in the thick of the Western Conference playoffs. You know, it's it's really early. We're talking about that in December, but they're still competitive enough to be there. They don't win on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, they haven't figured that out, but they also haven't had a chance to play together a lot. Dame's mm-hmm. been hurt. Man, I'm not blowing it up the way that you're talking about until the end of the year. I'm not doing it mid-season this season. Mm-hmm. Because 
the teams that are, I mean, the teams that are at the top, the Phoenixes, uh, the Warriors, those teams, okay, that's literally the list. Everybody else, okay, is in within two to three or four games of each other. And that's from right. number three yeah. to 11 or 12. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, nah, Bla- not Blazers yet. are sitting at number 11 at 11 and 15. 11 and 15. Okay. So they're 11 and 15. Uh, who's number three in the West, bro? Number three in the West is the Utah Jazz at 17 and seven. But right below okay, so that we... is uh, the Memphis Grizzlies at 14 and 11. So the Blazers are technically three three games away from that. Yeah. So we're, we're three games out of home court advantage in the playoffs right now. Right. I, yeah. I'm, I'm going to agree with you, Eric. Uh, the only bad part is that we're we're just struck with bad injury luck mm-hmm. right now. Right. We don't know where this is going to end up in the midst mm-hmm. of, you know, management turmoil. And I think we need to sort of pump the brakes a little bit about possibly having a fire sale because we don't know who the next GM is. Like, there's rumors. Right. Like, a name to, right. to listen for is uh, Sharif Abdurrahim. I don't know if you guys have heard this as well. I have From not Sacramento, heard this, yeah. but he he's also the president of the G League. You know, former player. Mm-hmm. He's also managed by, um, by the by Goodwin Sports, which also manages Dame Lillard. So if you h- hire a guy like him who's connected to Dame, there's a chance that Dame sticks around, and he forces a way to work around, you know, the roster to keep Dame, but also build around him for a championship hopefully so i mean it feels like the sky is falling because there's a lot of movement around us and there's a lot of rumors around us i know cj mm-hmm. feels like he's probably being shipped and the thing is is that he probably is because that's our biggest trade piece like sorry like you you are our biggest trade piece well but, that's what happens when you have so many players playing the same position yes so Absolutely. here's another thing you guys gotta think about and I don't, and this gets lost because we talk about basketball. There is, we talked about Chris McGowan, and he was a president of basketball operations or or team president. There's money involved here, right? So you blow this thing up, you ship off Dame, who's already said that he wants to be here, arguably the most popular trailblazer in history. Mm-hmm. Regardless if that's because of the era that he's playing in, the social media era or whatever, okay? The guy is ridiculously popular in Portland. He wants an extension in July that's going to take his deal out five years. He wants that. He's already come out and said he wants that deal, okay? Mm -hmm. So you know you're getting Lillard for five years. The team isn't going to want to blow it up and build around him because as it stands right now with all these injuries – there were 200 level tickets to that game uh, the other day. They were going for ten dollars a piece. Oh man, I saw that. Oh god. Okay, <laughs> so those are normally hundred dollar tickets. Right, right. So you don't want to blow it up because you need Dame. You need to pay him his money because. It goes back to the old adage, and it's completely applicable here, that you have to spend money to make money. And nobody's going to go and watch a team lose for five years as they build something and can 
have management continue to pump those funds in there, not knowing what they're getting. So, so I gotta, I gotta ask you something. If if you're a new GM and you come in knowing that you can keep Dame for another five years, what do you do to this roster? You, do you build try around to blow him. it up. Do you try to blow it up and start over with Dame as a centerpiece still, or do you no, still you... try to piece together a few a few guys here and there? There's a guy who plays in Phoenix who is <laughs> very old. Okay. <laughs> very smart and makes a lot of money at a what we would consider an elderly age for a primetime NBA basketball player and he was just a runner-up for the championship and he just got to the NBA finals at what 37 years old okay so you look at Chris Paul and you take that Phoenix team that had a lot of young talent that was never able to win not not make the playoffs not mm -hmm get out of the first round that team wasn't able to win period mm -hmm. they had a bunch of young guys that they developed and it worked out portland has a bunch of young guys that they can develop they have the greg brown they have uh, which we have known, greg brown which we really haven't seen anything from i mean truly we've seen a they few flashy little. dunks some blocks we they don't even know what we have in greg brown but yes you're right Simons, Little, Nance. I know that his numbers don't pop out, but anybody who watches basketball can watch Larry Nance and go, okay, that guy's valuable. That's a valuable Absolutely. basketball player. Okay, so you have some pieces. You also have some albatrosses hanging around your neck. You have Nurkic's contract, which is at $12 million. That's It's expiring. You can move him at the deadline and get a serviceable young guy in return. Uh, you have Rocco also at about $12 million who is by far the largest liability in the starting lineup and is a shell of the guy that we were getting last year and a, a ghost of the guy that he was in Philadelphia and Houston before he got to Portland. Okay. You have CJ McCollum's contract. Norman Powell can't be moved until January. So you're not making a move for him unless you're going out further into the season. Um, mm -hmm. But so you do have a couple of albatrosses around the neck that are weighing you down as far as moves go. But there's also some wiggle room there because you have these expiring contracts where Powell's contract isn't actually weighing you down if you move the right pieces and you get the right pieces in return. And if I'm the new GM, that's what I'm doing. I'm not coming in and blowing things up. I'm going to be doing some minor tweaks and we're going to do the tweaks that everybody knows needs to happen. Like we knew already that the roster needed to be balanced. We knew already mm -hmm. that the three guard lineup was going to be touch and go. Like I was an advocate for it because I wanted to see those guys burn the rule changes. And the fact that Dame's not getting to the line as much and the, the shooting woes haven't opened up the opportunities for that lineup to be successful. So you can't, if I'm, if I'm the new GM, I can't say that that is a workable piece. I can't say it's not a workable piece either, but that's what I'm doing. I'm moving and I'm shuffling some things around, balancing the roster, taking those guys out. I'm probably trading one or both of the expiring contracts. And I love NERC, but mm -hmm. you have $24 million to work with there. And $24 million can get you a good, $24 million would literally get you some bonus. If you trade it, <laughs> right. it would get you some bonus. It would get you Turner, and those are guys, and, and those are guys who 
unfortunately are better and more reliable players than either of the guy that they would be coming in to replace. So it's doable. It's workable. You have to wait. You have to be patient. But no, I'm not blowing it up. I'm not building around the young guys yet. Um, I'm going to develop those young guys. And as Dame gets older, I will... I'm going to let Dame rely on those guys more and not be a superhero and continue to go out and try to be competitive in the Western Conference. I have to say, Eric, I love everything that you just said. I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, and I hope that you don't think that I would truly have a fire sale because you know how much I love this team. <laughs> no, and I, I don't. I just think, I think that's an... I think that there's a, a public opinion that agrees with you, Tim. And I think that there's a, mm -hmm. and that's why I a, brought it up. Yeah. There's, yeah I mean, we I just have that, to talk about these, these sort of topics because yeah. they're, they're floating around right now and we're not the and only not really ones talking, talking about it. You know, it's not just blazer fans talking about it. It's ESPN. It's, it's mask. Mm -hmm. It's NBA TV. Like everyone is talking about these things. So we're kind of forced to talk about it, even though we know that it's a little ridiculous for the blazers yeah, to I'm completely blow everything up. You know, <laughs> I'm spelling up, but I'm not, I'm really talking to Richard Jefferson. I'm really talking to Philadelphia fans. I'm really talking, you know, these are the Stephen people that a. I'm talking to. I'm, right. I'm talking to Stephen A. Smith, and, and really, you know, bleep this out, but Richard Jefferson. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, everyone on the roster is available except Dame Lillard. If if I'm the whatever GM is next, like you keep him around and hope that you could work things out with him. Um. But that's that's sort of where everything starts, and we've said it before, so we kind of came full circle here. Yep, absolutely. So, Danny Ainge, fellas, I wanna I wanna jump off this off this ship here and and onto a dinghy floating away into the great beyond. Neil Olshay was finally Who? fired. Neil Who? Olshay. I'm going to say it one we more time. Him? Neil Olshay was finally <laughs> fired. Thank goodness. Tell me, guys. Could it get any better? <laughs> I oh, was not. Man. I'll tell you what. I was not a Neil hater until he came out and tried to bury Dame with that Woj article. And now it's like, man, everything. I, I've yeah. always tried to be impartial with that guy. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you have to be, or at least you have to try to be. Right. But everything that came out, uh, the fact that he was creating a toxic work environment. I mean, we've all had, we've all worked for a toxic boss. And that's, that's not a good thing, guys. And for the Blazers to, to take positive action and ship him off, uh, you have to, you have to give props to the Trailblazers organization. Um, Eventually, what I was going to he... say props tonight because we are not doing props at the end of this show. <laughs> but I felt like I needed to say that. Um, Eric, you you sounded like you had something to say about this. Just that, you know, them moving on from him was inevitable because, right. I mean, we, a few of us had gotten some information and I know that the beat writers have it as well. And it, it, it never became public and I'm not going to air it out here and I never would because it's, it's, I mean, it's that bad, but if anybody ever, if they had kept him and that had come out, it would have been bad for everybody. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. The organization, Dame, him, the NBA, 
You know, mm -hmm. I'm sure that there was some pressure from the NBA to give that guy the boot. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if, if what we got told was true. And I'm, and I believe that it was because. Don't quote sources. The, don't say your sources. No, no, we don't have sources. <laughs> we don't have sources, but we, we just, we clarified some information with some people that we knew had legitimate inside information yeah. and and what we got back was i mean it made you make like the like the i smell crap face like ooh. <laughs> i have a little conspiracy theory you know i like these yes um, we do know this ne neil olshay is he's a known actor not man. not liked gentleman so Chauvinist. And he's been with the Blazers for a long time. And I, I honestly think that they knew that his time was ending. And I kind of think that they started this investigation almost not to pay him the rest of his salary. That they have reasonable sure. excuse to not pay him the rest because he created a toxic workplace. Now, we'll find that later on. And there's nothing to really expand on there. It's just my inkling oh, where I think that they just don't want to pay him the rest of his money. So they're like, we're going to start this investigation. We know you're kind of an a-hole. So I you, know we're, you know we're going to win this. So. I don't think that that is a conspiracy theory, Ro. I think that's just probably smart business. Yeah. I think, and I think that's probably one of the, the contributing factors. There's probably a lot. What we talked, what I was talking about earlier, right. what you just said, Ro, the fact that Portland isn't winning. Yeah. Um, He's not the public image of the Blazers right now. No, well, <laughs> he's see, made this a is few where... decent moves, but yeah, go ahead, Eric. Name, name me some decent moves. Picking up Rodney Hood and Ennis Cantor got us to the NBA Western that Conference Finals. Without Ennis Cantor, we don't get that far. Yep, the injuries help too. Uh, him and his him and his separated shoulder. We didn't we didn't play. You know what though? You, you say injuries help. Yeah, they did, but injuries helped Milwaukee last season too. I'm gonna say that the best move that Neil Olshay ever made was actually sending Mason Plumley away to get back Nurkic and a pick. That was his best move. Yeah, but it was only for the pick. Nurkic was a throw. Nurkic was filler in that deal just to make the salaries work. What's I want to say that was his best center. move. He's he's had a lot of low lights to me though, like you know the what, year though? that he signed. So, like you know what? Like some... You know what? Cue the music. Here we go. Low light number one. <laughs> low light number one. Okay. He tr the very first thing that he did when I knew this guy was full of crap, traded Will Barton for Aaron Flalo. Thank you. Yep. Thank you. Okay, that guy that guy's balling out right now. CJ and Dame told him he was a baller. They told him. They they were so upset that they let, let him go. Anyway, go ahead. Low light number two. Drafted. I'm going to throw, throw in some new music for this part. <laughs> he, he, he drafted. So we all wanted a Collins, right? Everybody wanted a Collins. But we did he not want the wrong one. Collins. He drafted the wrong Collins. You know what? I'm going to stop you, though, because I love Zach Collins. Alan Crabb, 17 million. Thank you. Evan That's Turner, yeah. 17, 18 million. You know, and I love ET, man, but he just was not a fit for Portland. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he was giving away money. And mm -hmm. 
I'll tell you, a lot of these guys, man, when you grow up a certain way and a lot of these basketball players grew up a certain way, you can smell horse crap from a mile away. And it lends credence to the belief that Neil was a con man and full of himself uh, narcissistically when you think about the argument that nobody comes to Portland, you know, mm-hmm. nobody, you're right. You couldn't get big name free agents. You traded for Kent Bazemore. You traded for Trevor Ariza. You Trevor, you traded for Aaron Aflalo. You right. traded Will Barton. You got rid of, and honestly, Mason Plumlee is still a really serviceable basketball player that would be really valuable. You know, especially in the Blazers' office sure. now, we kind of got him with Nance, but there's a lot of lowlights, and he did way more bad right. than good. I was just saying, mm-hmm. with all those signings, you also forgot Myers Leonard. Just saying, I, I like that. I still like that signing. I think that Terry, Terry Stotts misused him. For what? I'll so tell that, you why. So that just, he could average five minutes a game. <laughs> Come on now. When he got to play, that dude played against Golden State. His final game as a Blazer put up 30 points. In the in the playoffs, that one game is not worth it. You don't do that. It's not worth it. That you, one game, but you don't. <laughs> you don't get four games against a two-time NBA champion uh, or three-time NBA championship team. Hey, you don't drop your scrubs. Don't drop thirty. He's yeah, not a true. scrub. He was just he was misused. He was I'm gonna misused have to agree with Eric had... on this one. I think yeah, I think Myers could have produced a lot more for this team or for that team. It's possible, but the fact is, is that he didn't. He didn't, and he wasn't. I don't know if that's Stott's fault. I don't know whose fault it was, but he also had a chance yeah, in but, Miami as well, right? And he wasn't. Yeah, a well, he kind of screwed that up, didn't he? Even before he screwed that up, like per se, right? He wasn't True. a he contributor. Was sta- he was. Well, you know what I remember about Myers. You know what I remember. Do you know what I remember about Myers Leonard? Is that he too had issues with foul trouble. Yes. Well. Agreed. The other thing about Myers, and I'll go back to, is that he got drafted the same year as Will Barton and Dane. Yeah. Barton had to go get an opportunity to, to, to do what he did so that we knew. Myers has never really gotten that opportunity. I'll, I'll agree with I you. Mean, I mean, you're I'll not wrong. With you. you're, you're not wrong. And I think there was a place... But I'm not going to defend it. Why are you making me defend this effing guy? But <laughs> the thing is, is that I would not Bullshit. pay him the money Bullshit. that he got Bullshit. paid. That's that's the point. <laughs> well, he's only getting 10 mil a year. I mean, that's reasonable. That's I mean, how much How much did you say we're paying Nurk, though? 12. An extra 2 million, and you, you got a starting center. I mean... Yeah. Every other game, you have a starting center. I'm just going to keep every... ping-ponging back and forth, playing devil's advocate. Every other game, you get a starting center. <laughs> right, right. Uh, anyway, you know, there's there's a lot to be uh, seen with this team, with the organization, with what's going to be coming in the, the near future, hopefully near future, because yeah. I don't think we've seen or heard anything yet. Um, but you know, hopefully something comes out soon and maybe we get a new GM. Um, maybe there's a a trade that happens. Maybe, you know, maybe something happens, something. Um, I'm going to say one thing before we go. I'm going to say one thing. I want to know. 
Oh, go I ahead. don't know who you guys want for GM. I mean, I'm a I'm a fan of Ainge. Uh, Me I, too. To be honest, I haven't done a lot of research into the other guys. Um, I just I, I like the idea of Ainge coming back home. Yeah, I like the idea of Ainge coming back home too. Um, it's unfortunate that the come back home stuff never seems to pan out. They never seem to come home <laughs> for some yeah. reason. But I would love it for Ainge to come home. You had you had one yeah. more thing to say, bro. Oh yeah, the thing that I want to say to Blazers fans is that we kind of wanted this. You know what I mean? We kind of no. wanted a shakeup. Well, I mean, no, <laughs> no. Besides, no, I don't know what you mean. Actually, besides, I was wanting a championship run. Besides us just having a championship run, and Neil Olshay did everything right, and Chauncey was, you know, the antidote per se to all of our suffering. The other thing is that we don't want to watch the same thing year after year after year after year. So right now is actually a little bit exciting. I think we should be kind of looking forward to see what kind of changes are coming and to keep tuning in to the Busted Bucket podcast for our takes about these <laughs> because this team is actually really interesting right now. There's a lot of moves to be made. We still have talent on the team. There's still games to be played. Eric just said that we are literally three games away from having home court advantage. There are still things to be optimistic about. So I don't want Rip City to get down on themselves because we're not going away just yet. We're not doing a fire sale just yet. So stay tuned, guys. Absolutely. Amen. And do do please stay tuned. But I got to say, guys, it was a fun episode with you. Absolutely. Big shout out to my co-host, the Encyclopedia Foster, the Bay Area Blazer, Rosa Panta, the Basketball Podcast Network, DraftKings, and especially you. Our listeners, Twitter followers, and Bucket Busters, you make it so easy to keep stepping up to this mic. Keep reaching out to us on Twitter, at BustedBucket, with your comments and questions. We love building community with you all. Check out our website, BustedBucketPod.com, and pick up some merch at our store, store store.BustedBucketPod.com, where everything you buy contributes to community projects in the future. Don't forget to rate, follow, and subscribe if you're digging what we're saying. Be good to each other, Rip City. We'll catch you next time on the Busted Bucket Podcast. Thanks for listening.